The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Bang. We are live. UFC post-show. We just saw Ilya Topuria versus Josh Emmett in the main event of UFC Jacksonville. Man, it's nice to have some of these fight nights back in some crowds as well and not just the pay-per-views. We are here live with UFC fight uh, ultimate fighter winner brian battle joining us my man first of all beautiful tattoo you're looking incredibly shredded on the cut how are you doing overall dude man i'm doing good man you know what i'm saying it, it, it you know 14 second fight that's nothing you know what i'm saying we're able to get right back in the gym keep on building and you know i just i feel great right now i feel like i'm on a different level so you know i'm i'm, I'm looking to get back in there you know what i'm saying uh murder some more people you know what i'm saying but in the meantime i'm here with my boys right now doing the breakdown so you know i'm excited about that's that's the number one priority at this moment is doing the breakdown for this card right now you know what i'm saying the post-fight breakdown awesome awesome and we're obviously joined by the main man mr blake sneeders waking blake my man how are you doing today what's going on fellas i'm doing fantastic i got a beautiful beautiful sunny day here in kansas city Got up early, 10.30 my time. I know you guys are in a different time zone down there in Florida. Uh, but uh, got up 10.30 a.m. It's rare that I get to drink my coffee and watch people punch each other in the face in the morning. So uh, it was a great Saturday to start. Yeah, beautiful Saturday and beautiful main event. Josh Emmett versus Ilio Topuria. And it was absolutely delivered to the expectations. It was power versus precision. And that's exactly what we saw. We saw Ilya Topuria just be an absolute sniper out there working in between the swinging, lunging power of Josh Emmett. And Josh Emmett was never out of this fight. I mean, even after one of the judges scored the fourth round for Ilya Topuria, a 10-7, Josh Emmett came out in that fifth round, started swinging, got Ilya on his heels. and, And there was at no point where... Did you feel that on the feet, Josh Emmett was out of this fight? So let's get to the breakdown of it, right? In the first round, Emmett actually was the one pressuring. It seemed like Topuria was kind of feeling it out. From there, he started to kind of get his counters, land some nice leg kicks. That jab was excellent throughout the entire fight. First round went to Ilya Topuria. Round two was really where it got exciting. That's where he dropped him twice. The first time was a beautiful 2-3-2 combination, a right-left hook right over the top just to get him down. The second one was a little different. It kind of hit him over the top of the head. He was turning around, fumbled Josh Emmett, was able to get some ground and pounds on the top. And uh, from there, third round, fourth round was where it seems like Ilya started to cruise. Until in that fourth round, he dropped him with a beautiful left hook and then almost finished him with the ground and pound, was able to get in the mouth in that fourth round. But like I said, guys, in the fifth round, Josh Emmett had no quit in him. He was still out there swinging. He was able to try to land some good shots, but beautiful defensive game plan by Ilya Topuria, knowing exactly what his opponent was going to do. Perfect head movement. Hand was in the right place at the right time, and he was able to withstand the fight, able to take the fight to the ground in the fifth round, You know, uh, mitigate some of that danger that Josh Emmett presents on the feet and was able to secure uh, a 5-0 victory. Brian, what were your thoughts on the fight overall? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, like you said, it was a sensational fight. You know what I'm saying? It was a really great fight. I mean, um, it was one of those guys where it's like, um, you know, he seems like it seems like the sky's the limit for him. And, uh, you know, they keep on putting him, like, you know, with the test. Every fight is like another test. You know what I'm saying? You're wondering if this is going to be the one. And, you know, in the first round, you know what I'm saying? It started off competitive, you know what I'm saying? And, uh you know, he just, he, he, you know, like you said, Josh was never out of the fight, but Deporia looked sensational in that fight. Like he looked, he looked like a real problem. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do next. Um, and, you know, I, I'm curious what you do with Josh Emmett after this, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, cause you know, he was in there, he was fighting, but it's, I would say after that fight, you could see that he's not really top five anymore. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm curious to see what they do with him next. And I'm curious to see what uh, Taporia does next. If he keeps on fighting, if he goes into the top five, or if he just continually, uh, they just put another test in front of him, which is like the next uh, logical thing. So it'll be, uh, I, I love the fight. You know what I'm saying? It was awesome and answered a lot of questions. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do with both these guys next. Yeah. I think like you said, the, the bit, one of the, 
maybe bigger or harder question is what you do with Josh Emmett because he just fought for the interim title, mm-hmm. lost that fight. Now he lost against an uppercomer in, in Ilya Topuria. And not just lost, he kind of got dominated as well. So now it seems like those guys in the top five are just maybe outside of his range of being able to win those fights. And you know he's going to have the power. He has that one-punch power knockout ability. But maybe just throughout 25 minutes, he doesn't have the ability to outclass another fighter uh, outside of that. Blake, thoughts on the fight overall, my man? Uh, thoughts on the fight overall is the fact that Ilya Tapuria is that dude. Uh, his striking was yeah. absolutely on point today. I mean, and, and I got to give all credit to Josh Emmett. I know we did not have a show last week. We did not get to talk about the absolute cement block of a chin um, that Marvin Vittori had. But two weeks in a row now, the main event has shown even the loser was, and I even hate to call Josh Emmett a loser in this because, yes, he did physically lose the fight. But, I mean, a man who can withstand that amount of punishment within the octagon, you're a winner in my book. The fact that you weren't – I mean, anything Tapuria did, and Tapuria gave him props at the end of the fight. He said that, that – I mean, I thought it was going to knock him out in the first round, and that man's chin just withheld the entire fight, uh, kind of like my man Brian Battle's chin over here. But uh, the fact that he was able to withstand that type of punishment and look the way he did after that fight but still come out not – you know, they went to a decision – um, I think that just shows that there, there's a reason that Josh Allen – or sorry, not Josh Allen. There's a reason that uh, Emmett is where he is. I mean, he was on a five-fight win streak before he had lost to Yair Rodriguez, who we know is fighting for the uh, title against Volkanovski. And then now he's got a, a loss against Tapuria, who I think we all can probably surmise he's probably going to be that next contender depending on who wins that fight. If – um, Volkanovski wins, they'll probably let Tapuria be the next man up. If uh, Yair wins, then we'll probably see a rematch um, against those two and run it back for a, a dosi do But um, Ilya Tapuria is that dude. His striking was phenomenal, and it would have been great. I think it would have been a cherry on top to see him knock out Josh uh, – to knock out Josh Emmett, but it didn't de- uh, didn't diminish anything because we now know how much of a champ Emmett is. And we also were able to see everything about the absolute striking ability from Tapuria. For five rounds, too. For five, five rounds. Like, rounds. You know, man, like, that's, like, you don't have to worry about the gas tank with that dude. He's going to be coming at you for 25 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, he actually ended up landing, I believe, twice as many shots and twice as many significant shots uh, than Emmett did throughout the entire round. I believe Ilya Tapuria had 150 total strikes. Um, to 79 from Josh Emmett and 144 significant strikes out of 77 for Josh Emmett. So, I mean, he doubled them in both categories. So, Ryan, something that uh, Blake said that I think made a lot of sense is that if Volkanovski wins, you give him a fresh challenger. But if uh, if Yair wins, obviously you run that back given how dominant Volkanovski has been at the champ. So let's get to this question. For Ilya Topuria, let's say Alexander Volkanovsky just successfully defends his title. If it's not Alexander Volkanovsky, do you think maybe a guy like Arnold Allen, who's right now the one of the only guys in the top five that has taken a loss outside of Josh Emmett, do you think that's the next test for him? Or do you think that there's somebody else that he should maybe go up against before heading Alex Volkanovsky? I mean, Arnold Allen, that'd be a banger of a fight. That'd be uh, tremendous because, you know, Volk's not losing. Come on. Don't know boy Volk. He, he ain't losing, bro. Come on, man. But um, either uh, Arnold Allen or, you know, you can just put him against the, the, the soul crusher. See see what he's really made of and just put him against Max Holloway off the rip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he looks unstoppable, but everyone looks unstoppable until they go against someone like uh, Max Holloway. So, you know, if you really want to uh, see what he's made of and he can't fight Volk, you know what I'm saying? I say you put him against uh, Max Holloway. That's that's a fight. Arnold Allen, I would be excited about that, but um, I think he's ready for something like that, a test like Max Holloway. So as far as Josh Emmett Blake, obviously, like we talked about, we don't want to have him really fall too far from grace, but he's already faced a lot of these guys in the top five. And we know kind of where his ceiling is at now. So looking at the rankings, uh, I don't want to feed him to these young, hungry guys, but maybe a guy like Mosar Evloev, who just won or won against Dan, Dan Ige, you know, won a solid test. I think maybe him stepping up against a guy who fought against uh, a former interim challenger and Josh Emmett would be a good idea. What do you think about that idea or maybe somebody else lower than Josh Emmett uh, for his next fight? Um, I actually like the, the Evloev fight. Um, you know, maybe you even give him somebody like uh, like Sung Jung, um, you know, somebody who we can go see him go toe-to-toe with, not give him a total mismatch in styles, 
But I think TKZ, sorry to cut you off. TKZ is booked against Max. Isn't aren't they talking about that potentially? Or is he? Uh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. That'd be that I mean that's a fire fight. But I didn't know about that. That I'm not positive on. I could be Might, I could be wrong on that. Um yeah, it's August 26, 2023. Oh. Yeah, Max Holloway versus TKZ. So that's a fight okay. that's already made. Okay. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Then either way, uh, like going reverting back to the first point, I do like the the uh, Mobisar Evloev fight. Um, again, you don't want him to drop too far because he was on such a tear until the last two opponents, and both those two opponents are championship fighting fighters. So um, you really don't want to see him fall from grace and try to, or or try to give him to some of these up and comers. But um, I just I would like to see a stylistically good matchup. I don't want to give him somebody that's really not in his in his wheelhouse as far as style, and then it. it could end up being just kind of an awkward fight, um, you know, or somebody that you're really stretching to really put up to, against him or dropping him down way too low to where, you know, he. I think he's still shown that he is a top six guy, you know, top six, top seven. I don't think he drops that far even with this loss. So, Brian, I'm going to put you uh, kind of on the hot seat here, right? Okay, come on. Ilya Toporia is 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So even if he, let's say, challenges Alexander Volkanovsky, loses the initial matchup, do you think at some point in his career, Ilya Toporia holds UFC gold? 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, it's – now, granted, you know, he 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 did what he did against Josh Emmett, and doing that is different than winning the gold. But, I mean, like you said, this was a guy who was just fighting from the interim title like one fight ago. You know what I'm saying? And Josh Emmett is an absolute killer, and he went out there and, you know, it was a competitive – ish fight but he went out there and handled his business and won decisively you know what i'm saying and looked really really good doing it you know um he's he's like the complete package you know what i'm saying he can grapple you know what i'm saying he can submit you he can strike for for a long amount of times i'll strike you and he can knock you out i mean you know it's he's a you know if you had an mma fighter and you made a perfect mma fighter it would look like a lot like the Poirier, you know what i'm saying so um yeah, and no, I, I can't imagine he doesn't at some point in his career hold UFC gold. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he goes out there and stands and bangs for most of the rounds with Josh Emmett, and then he goes and submits Bryce Mitchell before that. So mm-hmm. no matter where you, no matter when you want to take the fight, it seems like he does have a, a pretty good talent where it goes. Blake, uh, what and, are your thoughts? And he totally uh, neutralized um, uh, my man with the MNI roles. Uh, Ryan Hall? Ryan Hall, yeah, totally yeah. neutralized. You know, super deadly jujitsu guy, totally neutralized him and knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? Trying to implement his game, so he's got answers for everything. You know, he's a problem. Well, and this was the first. This was the first decision we've seen uh, from Tapuria since his initial fight in the UFC uh, against Yusef Salal. So, uh, the, like, you know, he's he finished Damon Jackson, Ryan Hall, Jai Herbert, Bryce Mitchell. Like, his finishing power is on point, and he's not finishing guys that were low level names, like all these guys have clout behind them. So the fact that, uh, and, and again, I think it would have just put a cherry on top of this fight. Had he been able to finish Josh him today, but again, it does not take away from the fact that he put on an absolute spectacle of striking. Um, 100%. I agree with Brian. He will definitely, if not only fighting for the title, be a champion in this division. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. I mean, at only 26 years old, I mean, the guy probably isn't even in his athletic prime yet. And, you know, you you hit your uh, mental peak after your athletic prime. So letting seeing that coming together for him, just being so young, this 145 pound division is just fresh with talent. And it's it's so exciting to see. And it's still exciting to see guys like Max Holloway dominate. Right. So guys, exciting to see guys like Alexander Volkanovsky hold the crown for so long, even with all these young up and comers. So. Guys, excellent main event. Go ahead, Blake. Well, I was just going to say, so you, I, I love that you mentioned that there. He's not even in his athletic prime. And what's even funnier is you, you look at a sport like the NFL. A lot of these guys are in their prime anywhere from about 24 to 28 to 29. In MMA, it seems like the older you get, the better you become. And really, the MMA prime is anywhere from 30 to 34. It's it's it, And that just comes with Matt time. And Brian, I know you can attest to that. Just the more time you spend on the mat, the more time you're getting in fights. And I know, obviously, you're still young in the overall arc of, of where you're at right now. And, and hopefully, we can see you for a long, long time, brother. Come on, yeah, baby. But uh, but no, so he's got four more years, really, until he even hits the peak. And we're already talking about him in, in talks of having him be the champion of uh, of the featherweight division. So, like, 
I can only imagine where he's going to be in four years. You know what I mean? Especially because he hasn't had – because, you know, uh, the one – Thing about the comparison with the NFL guys to the MMA, MMA guys is MMA guys generally have a, like, a later start, so they have less wear and tear on their bodies. But he doesn't seem to be having any injury problems, you know what I'm saying? If he can uh, sustain this, then, you know, his his style isn't incredibly taxing, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure his training regimen is absolutely insane, but, um, you know, if he has a, a healthy lifestyle and he can take care of his body, you know, Yes, he's only going to develop more skills. He's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get faster. And then, like you said, I mean, the more time you spend in there, the more experience you get, the more uh, sharp you get mentally. You know what I'm saying? And that's really the biggest difference with MMA. And, you know, I guess that's unfair to say, but MMA is such a mental sport. You know what I'm saying? So much comes down to how fast you are able to process things and deal with certain situations. So, uh, you know, the older he gets, the more time he gets, you know, he's only going to get more and more dangerous. You know what I mean? Seems like he's on the way to to just being a perennial, at least top five for a very long time without well how well rounded he is. But let's get to the co-main event. Macy Barber and Amanda Hebos put on an absolute banger of a co-main event. At the end of it, both ladies were bloody, but Macy Barber started off with a head kick. After the head kick, I want to give some credit to Amanda Hebos because even right after the head kick, Amanda started countering right away. But Macy hit her with the right hand, which actually then wobbled her and was able to get the finish from the top. Um, I'm not going to break the fight down too crazy. Brian, what were your thoughts on that crazy, crazy uh, fight? Yo, shout out to my girl, Macy Barber, getting it done. Um, you know, that, that was a good fight for her. You know what I'm saying? Rebound, so that was a real fighter. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's just kind of cool to see how she's developed. You know what I'm saying? She came in with a lot of uh, hype, a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, talking about being the youngest champ, kind of, you know, um failed in that regard but you know what i'm saying she's still like she's still getting better she's still doing the thing you know what i'm saying she's still progressing as a fighter so you know seeing something like this you know her getting that nasty head kick you know following up you know what i'm saying i'm having a dog fight scrambling all over the place you know what i'm saying it was a really fun fight and um you know now that macy has uh some momentum you know what i'm saying she seems like she's getting a little bit of that swagger back i'm excited to see what she's gonna do in the future yeah, and I mean, it, to look at her development, I mean, there's some memes on Twitter about her fight against Alexa Grasso, punching the ghost in between them because she was essentially shadow boxing, right? She wasn't really mm. able to get that distance coverage. But this fight, her distance manage was so incredible against an excellent striker in Amanda Hibas, a, a lady who moves her head really well, who really does a good job of, of just staying active and, and staying moving around. And in this fight, you saw what we talked about, really just the development of all the little other aspects of the game. The cage work, the elbow that actually cut Amanda Hebos uh, initially and busted up her nose initially in that first round. It's all those little things that will make young fighters help develop into a full, well-rounded mixed martial artist. It's not just putting together those, you know, the different disciplines, but it's the cage work. It's the grappling. It's fighting for those underhooks and, and understanding how to leverage your body and doing those little things. So excellent performance by Macy Barber. Blake, what are your thoughts on that fight? So, obviously, Macy Barber, she came into the UFC, had eight straight wins. She talked about being the youngest champ, as John mentioned. Um, and then she had two losses in a row, Alexa Grosso and, and Roxanne Modafari. Um, I feel like – and maybe this maybe this is my personal uh, – how I kind of viewed her. In my mind, I feel like a lot of people thought she fell off after those two fights. And, I mean, you can't really be mad at a, a loss to Alexa Grosso. Like, that's a good opponent. So with the fact that she's now been on another five-fight win streak since those two losses in a row, she beat Miranda Maverick, she beat Jessica I, Andrea Lee, and now Amanda Ribas, or Amanda Hibas. Um, I mean, she is she has shown that those two losses have not deterred her from her initial uh, challenge or her initial journey and her initial goal, which which when she got into this, it doesn't even matter if she's gonna be the youngest anymore. She still has eyes on being a champion. And I think she showed an excellent striking performance today especially against somebody who's long and lanky like Hibas. Yeah, and to your point, I think just the ability to come back, I think not come back from behind, but it seemed like Hibas was leading the dance in the first round. It seemed like uh, she was dictating the play pace. She was able to to you know back out of the strikes at a very good management point but macy was able to make the adjustments and just make the fights dirty like let's not forget he lost is coming up a weight class so yeah. it was a very smart strategy by macy barber just to be physical with her just to use and wear her down using that extra body weight so i think this was a great fight for her uh but i want to take a look some look at some potential opponents for uh for macy barber because obviously she's 
coming back and she's now won what is it fight against andrea lee jessica i and montana de la rosa her last three previous to this one um so maybe who, who's the next one for her do you think maybe someone like tyla santos who just lost to the champion maybe you have lauren murphy who just got lost to jessica andrage brian brian who do you think maybe is the next battle for uh for macy barber um out of those names you mentioned i mean someone like lauren murphy makes a little bit more sense for me you know what i'm saying i'm not um ready to throw her all the way up because i mean he's like you said she's on a five fight win streak but some of those wins were you know a little suspect you know what i'm saying a little bit less than impressive not not saying this one this last one she looked good that was fired you know what i'm saying uh, they know, were all they were all decision based until yeah. this yeah no so um but you know i think someone like lauren murphy that makes a lot of sense you know what i'm saying i think that'll be because uh, lauren murphy's a tough girl you know what i'm saying you know she's someone who's fought for the belt before so you know uh you put her in there with someone like that you know what i'm saying you see how she does you go from there you know what i'm saying yeah i think that's sorry I, I, my uh, internet cut off there for you go go ahead <laughs> <laughs> that was all i had to say on it that was all i had to say on it no i, I was thinking actually a potential next one uh I was saying Caitlin Chikagian, but her last name is now Sermonara. Um, what would you think about maybe a Caitlin Chikagian matchup, Blake? Uh, I could see a Caitlin Chikagian. I kind of liked. Um, I kind of liked the Lauren Murphy fight, especially after Lauren's last fight. I just think I'm not ready to full on dive into the deep end of the Macy Barber pool for you know getting like deep into the top ten or even the top five. But somebody that is kind of maybe on their way down, I think if she can kind of convince everybody that hey i am here today and if she can go out and put on an impressive performance against somebody like lauren murphy um chukagian would be good too but i don't let's see where's she even in the it's sermonara now so oh yeah yeah, yeah. there you go you said that you said that um yeah those are they're both sitting right at that 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 six and seven range at six seven eight range so um i think that's about as high as i would like to see her go at this point and then if she can prove that she can come in and put on a, a very impressive performance. If she could get a finish on a six or a seven, um, I, I'm going to say Chukagian because I'm not used to saying her, her new last name. Uh, Sermonara, there you go. Um, but if she can get a finish on, on one of those ladies, then I think you really throw her into the deep end and see if she can sweat. Awesome. But hey, what an excellent display of females mixed martial arts for a co-main event, and especially on ABC. Uh, I think yeah. that's a that's a thing we have to highlight as well as they were doing this on ABC tonight. So for these females to go out there uh, and display their skills to the absolute highest level and at the end, hug it out right with blood all over their gear. Oh, yeah. I think that just shows the beauty of this sport to its absolute highest. So Beautiful fight by Amanda Hiba. She has nothing to hang her head on. She fought an excellent fight. Macy Barber was a better fighter tonight. But let's get to the next fight. And we'll kind of get this is going to be a little bit of an off topic uh, conversation here because we saw a little bit of a nasty eye poke that Tafa took. And man, he looked like he had the Amaterasu coming out his eye uh, with the way he was bleeding. Um, So, Brian, uh, do you think, you know, obviously this is an in and no contest. Um, Two questions. One, did you think it should be in a disqualification given uh, the how bad the eye poke was and how prominent it is in MMA today? And two, do you think maybe there's a fix that is in the future? Or do you see or want to see some type of fix to help maybe mitigate some of these eye pokes? Um, man, with the eye pokes, you either got to change the gloves or people got to change the way they train. You know what I'm saying? Like, um because it, it's so easy to just have your fingers all the way out. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it was obviously unintentional, but it's like the consequences of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, you know, it's a no contest. That means both guys, neither guy gets a win check. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's half your check. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it's unfortunate because, like, something like that is unintentional, but it's like the consequences are massive. You know what I'm saying? So, um is either they got to change the gloves and I know they've taken steps to change the gloves already. You know what I'm saying? But um, they either got to change the gloves to kind of uh, force the fingers down a little bit more, or kind of like you said, there just has to be stricter penalties for poking someone in the eye. There has to be bigger consequences. And then if there's bigger consequences, people will change how they train. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it won't be such a common thing for you to have your hands open. If you know that you can get disqualified from poking someone in the eye. Yeah, that wasn't intentional, but it was really unfortunate because, yeah, there was no coming back from that. That eye poke was not. Eye pokes are, like, one of the few things that, like, make me 
absolutely squeamish. Like when they happen to me watching it happen, I just, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like you can almost feel it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, he hated to see it because it was looking like it was going to be like a little bit of a, you know, a classic heavyweight banger that doesn't get out of the first round. But, you know, it didn't get out of the first round, but not in the way that we were wanting it to, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, they're definitely going to have to do something about those eye pokes. Yeah, I think to your point, uh, not only, sorry to cut you off, Blake, not only is the just not getting your win money or as well, but it, like you said, the long-term repercussions of this as well. I mean, you've seen guys like Michael Bisping and, and other fighters just have long-term eye damage. So it needs to be, I think, a little bit more penalized because if guys naturally, initially, like you said, it's just very natural when you're trying to create distance, you just extend the fingers. It's just a natural thing you do, right? So if that's just something you have to change the way you train, because if you know, maybe right away, you poke an eye at an immediate point and it's no in between, you change the way you train. You kind of force yourself to kind of fix that a little bit more. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, first off, I will say I poke was not how Bisman lost it. He lost it because because Vitor Belfort was TRT'd up to his tits. So uh, <laughs> I will say that's that's really how he lost that bad boy. Um, but no, I, I'm so so I, I want to hear Brian's retort to what I'm about to say. But I feel like eye pokes are one of those things where in mixed martial arts. When you're moving and punching and throwing um, different types of strikes, and this was an odd eye poke because they were both in movement, um, kind of reacting to punches, not necessarily playing defense. Like one thing we see John Jones do a lot is he'll hold his hand out. Um, and people have called him a dirty fighter because he tends to get a lot of eye pokes, especially early on in his career, because he would hold his hand out in, with his fingers upright. This one seemed to be more of a scramble eye poke where they were both kind of throwing at the same time and then trying to react to the other one. And it, I mean, that thing, both of those bad boys are about two knuckles deep uh, in into uh, his, eye, you know, um, into Tafa's eyes. So obviously, like Brian said, I was squeamish, but I think it's a hard thing to take somebody's purse away even if it's a bad eye poke, because to me, it seemed very unintentional. And I know you said that as well, but to take somebody's whole purse away when they've been training that whole time for an eye poke, when something that happens at least once a card, if not twice a card, we see whether it's severe or small, I feel like that's a drastic overreach. Um, I do believe, you know, it maybe start taking an instant point for an eye, an eye poke, but to take the whole purse away, I think is, is, it would just be way too detrimental for how much you guys put in uh, to this. I'm not saying take the whole person away. I'm saying because they both get their show pay. I'm saying the guy who gets poked tonight gets his win pay too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying yeah, okay. I see. Whole person. I see. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. I'm, gonna find like, I'm not going gonna... <laughs> to <I'm not> <laughs> change myself like that. <laughs> not the whole person. Not the whole person, yeah. Um, okay, well then that, yeah, I, I, I can 100% see that. Don't, don't punish the the man who who got poked, go ahead and give him his win is yeah. what you're saying. And yeah. then go ahead and reward him with his win money as well because he didn't have a chance to even lose. He just had a chance to not even really defend himself. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. Okay. Then then uh then yeah, no, I'm I'm all I'm one hundred percent for that. Hey, we're we're here for the fighter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> fighters gotta get paid, man. Fighters yeah. gotta get paid. Pay these fighters more, man. I mean they cool, still should man. be Come you know on. what I mean? Let's get these fighters paid. But uh, let's, let's, let's get some more paid, talent. Baby. You got to get it, right? I mean, let's get these contracts up. Let's get Brian Battle on a nice 100K, 100K contract, let's man. See it. Let's, let's Come pitch on, that man. out right now, Dana White. Let's get, this man, let's get this man Brian Battle. He's marketable. He's beautiful. He's got the good tattoos. He's nice and cut. He's got the hair. Come on, market the, this man Brian the, Battle. The charisma, the fans, you know, he's the got power. The he's got, he's put, on, he wins fights quick. He gets yeah, the job quick. done, right? Super quick. seconds, actually. So, you know. Listen, seconds. man, I'm, I'm making everyone who does post-fight breakdowns jobs easier. You know what I'm saying? A little <laughs> bit easier every time I fight, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here for the people. I'm the people's champ. Come on, man. There you go. Post-fight breakdown. Uh, One punch and he died. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Brian Battle as one punch man with a wig. Come there on, man. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> 
Awesome. But talking about some more featherweights, as you see Blake's beautiful face, uh, talking about some more talented featherweights, we saw a beautiful knockout by David Onama uh, to Gabriel Santos. And Gabriel Santos was actually winning this fight previous to the Onama uh, knockout, in my opinion. But, man, that knockout was so beautiful because it wasn't just the the initial punch, but on the way down, the the left hook and then the other right hand that followed Mm -hmm. down to the ground. Um, just ex- was the exclamation point for Onama. He was able to get the win after having a, a split decision loss on his last one coming out. Or no, he actually got the win against Nate Landwehr, but he had a split decision loss as well. But um, excellent fight for Onama. Brian, what were your thoughts on that fight, my man? Dude, I'm, I'm excited to watch this guy. I, I wish um, in his post fight he could have been a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, I don't know if charismatic is the right word, but a little bit more energetic, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, he seemed like he kind of just woke up from a nap. They were like, DC was like, what'd you think of that knockout? He was like, man, I didn't know. I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> He's just like, you know, come on, man. Like, come on, sell us something. Sell us on the, sell us on yourself a little bit, but um now, man, I mean, if, if he's doing that and he doesn't even know he's capable of it, imagine what he's going to do when he has the confidence to know that he can starch people. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you know, he's talking about, you know, and it, going wrong. He said all the right things in his post fight. You know what I'm saying? He said he's going to be training. He's going to be getting better. He's in no rush. Um but yeah, man, no, I'm I'm looking forward to this guy getting more confident and having that, you know, just knowing that what he's capable of, knowing what he can do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, being patient is a big part of that. You know what I'm saying? Waiting for the opportunity to show itself and then striking when it's there. But um, no, it's going to be, uh, you know, he's definitely someone that has caught a lot of attention in his last couple of fights. You know what I mean? So it'll be it'll be really cool to see what he does after after this. Definitely. And, and it ranked just outside the top 15, maybe in the 25 ish. I mean, he had that majority loss decision to Nate Landwehr and um, obviously Nate just fought for essentially a ranking. So he's yeah. probably in that 2025 spot right now. Now, So Onama's looking at having a bright future as well, maybe in a fight or two, potentially even fighting for a ranking. Blake, what were your thoughts on that fight? Um, first off, I've got to give huge props to David Onama. So <laughs> David Onama was one of the guys that Josh and I uh, used to, we've had him on our previous show, Rooted MMA, two different times. Um, he actually trains out here in, or he has been training for the last couple of years out here in Kansas City um, at Glory MMA with that whole James Krause group and all of them and the Molinas and everybody, um, Tim Elliott. And so I've gotten the privilege of seeing a lot of David Onama's rise to where he has been where he is now and i remember that first fight that he fought against in the mm uh, in the ufc against mason jones he did not get the decision but man was it a freaking banger of a fight then the last fight he had against nate landwehr again it was a banger of a fight at the end nate landwehr started landing it because david looked a little gassed towards the end i'm telling you though the the time that i've seen this man put in in the cage i believe he has the ability to eventually become champion uh, in that featherweight division sometime in his life. He has got the skill. And if you saw that knockout tonight, I mean, he put old boy out on his feet and then gave him one packing for the road on the way down. Um, it was it was beautiful. He does have really dynamic striking. I think a good fight, who I would love to see him fight, would be um, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. I think that's a super interesting, spicy fight. Um, maybe get one more fight under his belt before that because uh, Cazares just came off a really good win, I believe, what, last week, two weeks ago, last week? Um, but, uh, no, I think that would be a really cool fight here in the next fight or two for him. But David Onama looked fantastic tonight. I think for David Onama, if he wants to succeed, you have to give him a fighter whose name starts with the letter G because his three wins, all three of his wins have only come against uh, fighters named letter G, Gabriel Benitez, Garrett Armfield, and then tonight, Gabriel Santos, and his two losses against Nate Landwehr and Mason Jones. So I think excellent key for Onama's maybe uh, management team. Just make sure he's fighting guys whose names only start with the G. Uh, Brian or Blake, any final closing thoughts on this fight before you move on to the card opener? Nah, man. I the mean, silence you know, says he, it all, guys. Killed him, man. You know what I'm saying? You want to see a dead body? Like, he, he, man, <laughs> the ending so of look, that was... I do want to say one thing about that fight, actually. So after in the post-fight interview, uh, he said the F word a couple times in DC. <laughs> yeah. 
DC was like, hey, man, you just said the F word a couple times on ABC. He just killed a man on live television. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're worried about the F-bomb when this man just got clipped. Like Blake said, he got a couple sent for on the packet. He was already unconscious. The extra one woke him up, actually. Yeah. And and then we're worried about the F-bomb. But shout out to DC for always always being a company man there. It's it's funny what they choose to worry about. You're like, you just committed murder. And now you're... Yeah, I know. On TV, though. That man will never be the same on live TV. You're worried about a couple of uh, profane words. You know what I'm saying? Well, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't work for ABC. I don't know how that shit goes. (laughs) And John, to your point, uh, the only other guy, uh, even in the top 15, that has the starts with the letter G is uh, Giga Giga Chikaze. So uh, that's a jump up, but that's the only one with a G. So who knows? Maybe they throw him that one for good luck. Man, the kicks of Giga Chikadze are, are something I'm not sure David Onama is quite no, ready for. Yeah, he, Onama so. said in his post fight he's going to take a patient rise. I don't think yeah. Giga Chikadze is the patient rise. But for the card opener, uh, we saw Brendan Allen against Bruno Silva. And Bruno Silva actually started um, out on, on the front foot. He was throwing out a little bit of shots. He was actually landing a little bit. But, man, Brendan Allen just caught him with a beautiful shot. And was able to get him on the ground. And before he was even to able to put the hooks in, he was able to secure his 10th rear naked choke um, tonight. Able to get the first round finish. Brendan Allen calling out Israel Adesanya for 2024. Potentially calling out uh, Jared Kandanir, uh for a title eliminator for 2023. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on on his performance and his call-outs? Um, the, 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 I felt like the call-outs were a little... Uh... That's a big jump. Like, hundred <laughs> like, percent. Like I was, I was, uh, I was very uh, hyped off of the fight. Like, I was uh, very hyped off of the performance. But then, um, yeah, his his post fight callouts threw me off a little bit. I was, you know, he saw my Chipotle and whatnot. You know, what I'm saying he, he was all over the place. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, the dude's kind of like a winner. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I mean. Let me see. He lost to Sean Strickland. How, who else has he lost to? Has he, he hasn't lost a whole lot. Like, um, no, he has lost to his last and then, loss. Uh, and Chris Curtis. And Chris Curtis. Those, okay. Those two yeah, times right. were actually last replacement fights. So he was fighting, scheduled to fight somebody else, and they were replaced. So Chris Curtis got repl- was a last-minute replacement, and then uh, Sean Strickland was a last-minute replacement. So he actually broke one of his curses tonight by beating a last-minute replacement uh, guy. There you go. Um. I would like to see him against someone like uh, like a real deal. I think, I mean, you know, top 10, top five, middleweight. I mean, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to see him beat, uh, like, someone a little bit better than Bruno. Like, Bruno Silva is a killer, you know what I'm saying? He's kind of like they were saying in the commentary. He's one of those guys outside of the top 15 where it's like he could very, very easily be a top 15 guy, but um, – you know, uh, bottom line is he's not top 15. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I would love to see him do something against, you know. Maybe a Roman Delice, a guy that just lost to Vittori. Uh, say that again. Roman Delice, he's, he's the guy that lost to Vittori. That would, be, that would be a really interesting fight. I mean, I don't know. I, see, I say that would be interesting, but I could see him getting the rear naked choke on him too. I don't know why people don't practice the rear naked choke when they're going to fight Brendan Allen. It's a weird thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he's got a gajillion of them. You know, practice your rear naked choke defense. Or, you know, don't be, get into a position to get rear naked choke. But, um, uh, yeah, dude, no, I would love to see that fight, but I still kind of see him getting the rear naked choke. You know what I'm saying? He's just like uh, – He's an overachiever, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's a way to get it done, he's going to get it done, man. You can't get in there uh, and, you know, sleep on this dude and, and underestimate him. You know what I'm saying? He's not the most imposing-looking guy. You know what I'm saying? The way he he goes about isn't super intimidating or whatnot. But uh, inside the cage, he's a killer, man. He's a finisher. So, um, like, I think, you know, you got to give him – you you 100% got to give him someone in the rankings, but I think someone higher up in the rankings than where he is right now uh, is fitting. You know what I'm saying? We got to see a real test for for uh, for Brendan Allen to see what's up. You know what I mean? I mean, four out of his five last wins coming by finish, all coming – or those four wins coming by rear naked choke. Uh, Blake, what were your thoughts on Brendan overall and his performance? I think the new nickname for Brendan Allen should be the tree frog. Now let me explain. He's 
<laughs> he did a way better job. I was looking up. I was looking at the top screen. He, was, he he kept a totally straight face the whole time. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm the fool here. I was like, <laughs> we're in the tree fog, Allen, because he's unassuming. But anybody knows if you if you fuck with the poisonous frogs in the Af- in the Amazon jungle, they're bright, they're colorful. They're unassuming. They look like they wouldn't be deadly, and then boom, they fucking got you. Like you said, last four out of his five fights, he's gotten a rear naked choke. He's gonna put you to sleep. So you can't sleep on Brennan Allen because he will put you to sleep. Facts. That's why Facts. I think he's the tree frog. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I feel that. That makes sense now. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I like the, how you went about that. Yeah. The initial imagery was uh, was a little suspect in my head, but you, you put two and two together, and and I'll give you props for that, my man. But. Guys, excellent main card on ABC. Overall, let's give it a grade, 1 to 10. Brian, what were your thoughts on the main card? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, especially how the prelims went. I wasn't too hopeful for the main card, but the main card went out there. They killed it, man. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the stakes weren't huge on this card, so I can't give it a super top-tier grade. But for, you know, what it was, I mean, that card was everything that it could be. I feel like that main card, you got to give it, you got to give it an A, right? I mean, it, like I said, it can't be like an, uh, anything higher than an A because the stakes just weren't there in all the fights. But I mean, you know, everyone came out and they were banging. I mean, that main event was a slobber knocker. You know what I'm saying? That's what you that's what you want in a fight night. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, yeah, man, I, the main card, the main card, not the prelims. The main card gets a B plus an A. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I got to do more card grading. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it too high of a grade, but I feel confident about that. I mean. To your point, we saw a first round, like I said, Brendan Allen got the finish in the first round. Onama with an outstanding knockout. Hibos versus Macy Barber in a war. And then another excellent performance by Ilya Topor in the main event. So I don't disagree with your judging there. I think an A is absolutely warranted for for the main event. Blake, what was your grade for this main card? Well, you heard it here first on Fight Bananas. In a card, giving the rankings 1 through 10, Brian Battle gives it a B plus or an A. Um, don't know where that falls into one through ten. <laughs> oh, was it one through ten? I think my bad. <laughs> I heard grade. I heard grade. I heard grade. No, no, bad. you're good, brother. You're good. You're good. Oh, and, and one through ten, seven, solid seven, solid seven. You know what I'm saying? I'd be sitting right in that same pocket with with you, Brian. I'm I'm a notoriously harsh judger for for no reason. Um, I would give it. I would give it anywhere between a six nine and a seven one. I, mm-hmm. I thought it, it it checked a lot of boxes. I thought the first three was it the first two or the first three fights of the prelims were actually really good. The Cody Brundage and uh, Cedricus Dumas fight, the Jamal Emmers and Jack Jenkins fight was good, and then the Trevor Peak versus Chepe uh, Marisco fight was really good. Other than that, the rest of the that prelim card was just okay. Um, but those first three fights to start. Um, they, they came out as bangers and that Jack Jenkins fight, if you guys didn't get a chance to see that Jack Jenkins fight, it was really good fight. Um, so main card, I'm giving a seven, seven, one, uh, or a B plus. Uh, and then for the first three fights of the prelims, I'm giving those A's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those first couple of fights are absolute bangers. Brian, were you able to catch the prelims as well? I'm not gonna lie, I missed I caught the end of the prelims. All right, because I was literally this is like the time changes. Like the same thing with last week. The time changes in the fight nights keep on messing me up. I was literally training until two thirty and I was like, Okay, let me check what time this card starts and it's like in progress. I was like, Motherfucker <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was like, Okay, all right, cool. It's a and then I was like, I was like, I'll just watch all the fights in between the fights. But then I was like, oh, they were all decisions. <laughs> I was like, all right, right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do, I'm gonna just do what I care. But um, now, nah, like, uh, so I caught the the tail end. I didn't. Now I'm gonna have to go back and watch those first three prelim fights because I was just caught the tail end. Whereas I didn't, um, I didn't catch the 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 my boy getting the knockout either. You know what I'm saying? But um. You know, looking at the stats on that, that looks uh, he looked very impressive. So, yeah, prelims, uh, like like Blake said, we definitely had uh, a little bit of stakes there. Obviously, breaking down just some of them, Neil Magny defended his ranking against Phil Rowe in a split decision. I, I thought it should have been a unanimous decision. I, I thought Neil Magny uh, just controlled the fight a lot more. It wasn't really a lot of damage there, but Magny just did what Magny does, right? He just 
made it dirty, made it a, a nasty, grimy type fight where he was clinching up. He's getting some dirty boxing. And we saw that Phil Rowe wasn't really ex- maybe not expecting that type of fight or just didn't have the tools to deal with that type of fight. So um, excellent performance. I mean, excellent, but win for Neil Magny there in the win to win. Uh, Randy Brown was able to get the win over Wellington Terman, making a drop down in a weight class. Uh, this was a good performance by Randy Brown. I, I think this was a good performance by both fighters overall, but Randy Brown able to get the win there. <clears throat> uh, Rebecca versus uh, Loic Rabzabov. Man, Rebecca uh, with some crazy leg kicks, essentially just chopping off the legs of Loic to the point where Loic stopped moving. He just backed up against the fence and was just swinging counters at the point. And after one shot that dropped Loic, the ref ca- uh, called it off. I thought it was a great stoppage just because we knew Loic wasn't going to be able to get back up and go from there. Tabitha Ritchie with the, uh, essentially a win over Jillian Robertson, where she was the more physical fighter. She just was able to maintain her dominance a little more. It wasn't necessarily a banger of a fight, but like, uh, like Blake said, if you want to check out some banger of fights, Chepe Mariscal versus Trevor Peak. That was probably that was the fight of the night, in my opinion. I, I think that fight was crazy. Um, the chin that Trevor Peak has is absolutely crazy. I mean, we had a knockdown by Mariscal. We had a couple of takedowns by him, and was able just to get some nasty ground and pound as well. Was able to get mounts a couple times. So, I mean, just an absolute barn burner of a fight. Um, and we started off the night, like you said, Dumas with a good comeback win in his hometown or in his home state of Florida against Cody Brundage. Uh, But excellent card overall. I I thought it was a good showing for the UFC outside of a couple of those fights leading into the main card. Uh, But they started off with a bang. They finished with a bang. And the UFC had another successful fight week. Brian, thoughts on the thoughts on the card overall? uh, And first of all, appreciate you coming on the show, bro. It was a pleasure. You know what I'm saying? We should we should keep on doing this. You know what I'm saying? it's fun to to watch the card and then talk about it with some uh some uh you know some contemporary you know MMA minds you know what I'm saying whatever you know um but you know the card overall you know I like you said I mean I love the apex I've spent a lot of time in the apex but these fight nights in these cities are just you know especially when you get the hometown fighters you know what I'm saying I got to experience that myself you know what I'm saying when the the crowd erupts for their for their people you know because. Once again, these are fight nights, so you know the stakes don't have to be crazy. They don't have to have these crazy fights. They can throw hometown people on the cards and um, really make them special and more sentimental in a way that you know maybe the greater audience doesn't know. Um, but um, you know, dude, I love I love watching these cards uh, in the city. I think it gives it a special energy. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these cards where people are fighting. Um, these fight night cards in, in, in these different cities outside of the apex are turning out to be more and more bangers. Cause they, the, the energy, the crowds giving the people is, is nuts. You know what I'm saying? So, um, no, nah, man, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited for the next one. I'm excited to, you know, hopefully we, uh, spend more time fighting in cities than in the apex. You know what I'm saying? Not nothing wrong with the apex. I love the apex. You know what I'm saying? Spent a lot of time there, but, uh, definitely fighting in front of the crowd. It's different. And to your point, I mean, when they fought in Canada and they had all their Canadian fighters get wins, just how special was that and how awesome was that moment? And for the UFC to continue to want to build fans for the future, these live shows are really where memories are made and where, you know, somebody will become a lifelong fan. You go to a show like UFC Jacksonville today, you see a main event, you see, you know, just performances like you did in the co-main event. But maybe maybe you never knew females could put on shows like what they did. And this is your first time watching something mm-hmm. like this. And you see Amanda Hebos versus Macy Barber put on a fucking barn burner in a co-main yeah. event. You open up eyes to new fans. And I think, like we said, Brian, getting the energy really just amplifies everything that goes on in the fight. So thanks, Brian, of course, uh, for jumping on. Future UFC Hall of Famer uh, right here as well. Future UFC champ. Uh, Blake, thoughts on the card overall and close this out, my man. Yeah, a card overall, um, I was very pleased. You know, it had its ups and downs, but I thought the main card overall, like me and Brian both agreed, I think it was definitely a solid seven. You had a little bit of everything. Um, you saw some blood. You saw some fight. You saw some grit. You saw some heart. You saw a, de- or a, a no contest. You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's not something you want to see, but, you know, you saw it. So, um, and then we created a new nickname for somebody called the Tree Frog, Brendan Allen. So, uh, not we, not we, not we. <laughs> Don't associate us with that. that. Brian Battle called Brendan Allen the tree frog. That was his name. He texted it to me while we were off off air. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I thought the fight was. I thought the fights were good. Um, I would. I, I'm. I'm in total agreement with you guys. I want to see more fight nights all around. I. I, I want to get out of the apex. I love hearing the crowd. I love a storyline. Anytime you have a hometown hometown person, or you have a whole lineup of people all from a certain area. There's about six fighters in the UFC right now. I want to make a petition to Dave, to Dana White. Bring the UFC back to Kansas City. You have only been here one time in, I think, the last four years. Bring it on back to Kansas City. You had the Holloway fight just a little while ago. You have six fighters in the UFC that are from the Kansas and Missouri area or, or who at least train here. Bring it on back. They sold it out last time. I know none of you guys have uh, you know, any pull in this. Hey, Brian, maybe you can talk to Dana for me. You can say, what's up? Man, listen. Brian's trying not to talk yet. to Dana himself. I'm trying to get a fight myself, damn it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, I'll beg to – I'll fight on the UFC Kansas City card if they have one, but damn. Hell yeah, dude. I would I would love it. But, no, I love the fight nights. They're awesome. Get out the apex. Bring it to the people. Bring it – I mean, this is the people's sport. We're sitting here with the people's champ himself. So, I want to see. I want to see more stuff. Uh, I'm so happy that Brian was able to to join us today. Brian, you've been a freaking awesome fighter so far. We're super excited for Let's what you go. have up next. And um, I'm going to let you lead us out with some final thoughts, if you have any. Um, final thoughts. Um, you know, it has been tremendous doing this breakdown show with you guys. You know what I'm saying? I had a good time. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we can all agree is, you know, Let's, let's get the fights out there, back out where the people can see them because it, it's a spectator sport. Um, you know, I know for myself, having so many fights in the Apex, getting a ticket to the Apex is is almost impossible. You know, it costs an arm and a leg, you know what I'm saying? And be able to fight in these arenas, you know, one, it's just more hype. And then two, you know, more people have access to it, you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, you know, it's a special thing. It's a spectator sport. Let's bring the spectators back into it as much as possible. Um, and you're going to keep on getting sensational performances out of the fighters. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get because when you, when you have the people there, it, it becomes almost like a, it leaves the realm of tech, uh, just technical ability and strength and size away. It, it gets a little spiritual. You know what I'm saying? It get, there's literally like an energy. You can feel it a little bit. So um, yeah, let's get it back out. You know, it's a spectator sport. Let's get it, let's get the spectators back involved. Well, Brian, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me. We're definitely going to get your ass back on this show. Let's go. And you killed it tonight. For my illustrious co-host, John Ron Lacan, thank you so much for running the show and doing what you do. Shout out to Dave Van Auken over there at Fight Bananas for even allowing us this platform to speak our eloquent minds and tell tell you what we think. And uh, if somebody cares, I appreciate you guys listening. Like, subscribe, do all those cool things. Anybody who tuned in the live or was commenting, thank you guys so much. Uh, this is the Five Minutes Post Fight Show. We appreciate you guys, and we are 